Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode today because uh, I really enjoyed the topic. And to be perfectly honest, uh, it's very cold here. And so I... I like below I, zero below cold. Zero. So I walked to my office and uh, Professor Holman had uh, glazed donuts and oh, he was nice. strongly encouraging me to have one. And I'm thinking, oh, I really shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, and I walk past them twice, and then I'm like, oh, you know, it's really cold. A cup of coffee, glazed donut, why not? And so this will all tie into what I can learn uh, from today's episode, which is all about how do we get better at delaying gratification? Yeah, we all need to do it. We need to put off something that seems really good right now in order to have something even better later. And we call this delayed gratification. You know, as I was thinking about this, some different things, it's that ability not to eat the treats in the break room when you're trying to eat less sugar. Uh, it's deciding not to put that new outfit that you don't really need on a credit card. It's choosing to stay home from the party to study for the big exam on Monday. Another one that kind of came to mind as I was pondering this topic, it's deciding to use our filter on our words and not blurt out every thought that pops into our mind for the benefit of the relationship. We're delaying gratification. We're not having a payoff right now in order to have a better payoff later. And so we all know it's an important skill, but how do we do it? The root of delayed gratification is making choices. And so motivation is definitely at play here. And, um, you know, I've mentioned before, I, the way I like to think about motivation is that we're motivated to do something because it beats the alternative. So we stay home from the party and study because passing the exam will feel better than a couple hours at a party or and, not. And, and I really like that analogy because it, it is. We do what we think will most benefit us. Yeah. And we're, we're conscientiously making that decision. So I, yeah. I think it's a really good takeaway. Yep. And so when we don't do it, you know, when we, when we go to the party instead of not going to the party, that's what we're going to chat about today. How do we, how do we do that? How do we get better at that? So probably the most famous study on delayed gratification is Michel's Marshmallow Study done back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, if you haven't seen this, I strongly encourage you to look it up and watch the video. Just put in the marshmallow study. And it's very funny. So he conducted a study on impulse control among a group of preschool children. The kids sat alone in a room at a table with a marshmallow in front of them. And they were told by the experimenter that they, if they could resist eating that marshmallow right now, when the experimenter came back in the room, that they could have two marshmallows. And so they can have one now, or they can wait for a little bit and have two. So instant gratification, eat the marshmallow right now and you get one, or delay and you get two, you get twice the pleasure. So as I said, it's very funny to watch how the children attempt to resist temptation. Some look around the room, some are looking at everything but the marshmallow, they just like refuse to look at it. Some pick it up and put it back down. Some sing and hum and they're trying to distract themselves. <laughs> one kid picks the marshmallow up and licks it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> some some moved around poking at it and playing with it, and some just popped it in their mouth. <laughs> you know, and and I'm I'm thinking of our own kids, uh -huh. and wow, I I think one would pop pop it in his mouth and everybody else's as well, and another would just not even look at it. Wow, really, really different. Yeah. So this was a longitudinal study. So they followed up with these kids later on in life. And it turns out the children who were able to resist the urge to eat the marshmallow right away, the ones that could delay gratification, had higher SAT scores, they had better grades throughout school, 
and they were often more socially adjusted than the children who struggled with delayed gratification. Well, so, that's good news for one of my kids. <laughs> Not so good news for the other kid. It's a very interesting study. So what's going on in our brains? What causes us to delay gratification? This is what I've been wondering about. Can we get better at it? Turns out that people aren't born with the skill. It's something that we do have the potential to develop and to get better at. And it's literally all in our mind. People who are good at delaying gratification have learned how to turn their thoughts from the temporary to the long term. Like those children, if they could distract themselves by singing, poking at it, looking around the room, thinking of something else, they were able to resist that immediate urge, that immediate temptation. So one of the reasons it's difficult to delay gratification though, is that it involves trust. Let me explain. Giving in and enjoying the treat right now has a definite certain payoff mm -hmm. right away, right? There's no trust involved. We're going to eat that marshmallow. It's going to taste good. We'll get our little shot of dopamine right away. I can have a cookie in the break room and I'm going to be rewarded right away. The result is certain. If I put it off because I want to avoid sugar and I want to lose some weight, the weight loss is not guaranteed. I could very well avoid eating. In fact, I've done this, could avoid eating the cookie and I'm still not going to lose weight tomorrow, right? Uh, the weight loss isn't guaranteed. That, that was my rationale this morning. Mm -hmm. Have the glazed donut because it really won't matter. Okay, that's faulty logic. <laughs> yeah, we could avoid eating that donut and this, or the cookie and the scale still may not budge tomorrow. So I may stay home from the party and study and I still may do poorly on the exam. It's not certain. It's not guaranteed. Where if I have fun right now, that is guaranteed. So there's an element of trust involved in this. In fact, another fun study that was a grad student did, they reenacted Michelle's marshmallow experiment, but with half of the students, half of the children, when she came back in the room, she didn't have a second marshmallow for them. She had lied to them and she apologized to them for the misunderstanding. Then they ran the experiment again. And the next time those, those half of the kids that weren't offered the, the marshmallow, the next time the kids were offered the chance to have one marshmallow now or two in a little bit, those children just gobbled up the marshmallow right away. They paid no thought about waiting for it because they just didn't trust. What, what, what a great thought with trust. I yeah. mean, as, as a parent, as a teacher, uh, in interactions with colleagues, uh, that is so, so very important. And so we shouldn't be surprised if we don't follow through that we're breaking that trust. Yeah, they're not going to believe us next time. So trusting and believing that the eventual reward is a real thing is imperative. Here's the crux of it. What can we do? How do we get better at that? So here are four things we can practice to improve our ability to resist temptation and delay gratification. Number one, find something else you like to do. Like those children, distract yourself. Stop thinking about it and dwelling on it. I like to tell myself that, you know, my flesh is happy for about five minutes. If I give in and eat something or do something that feels good in the moment, it lasts for about five minutes. And then I go back to the same state I was in before. And so that's what I really try to, I try to think about something different. What's the saying in scripture? Flee from temptation. Like mm -hmm. literally try to think about something different. Number two, set realistic expectations. You know how I mentioned trust is a factor. Well, when you delay something, you have to trust that you will eventually get your reward. So set realistic expectations. If I say that I'm gonna resist the cookie or the donut in the teacher's lounge, and I think that by doing so, the scale should drop five pounds tomorrow, I'm gonna to be disappointed. And the next time I'm gonna see it and I'm just see the cookie or donut and I'm just gonna give in because, well, I didn't lose my five, you know, five pounds last time. We have to have realistic expectations. I have to know that I may not lose an ounce tomorrow by resisting that. But in the long run, it's going to be better for me. I'm going to get what I want down the road if I keep doing it long enough. So we have to trust that in order to be able to delay gratification, uh, there is a reward coming. 
Number one, find something else you like to do. Number two, set realistic expectations. Number three, I like this one, daydream. What were you saying, Dr. Roma? <laughs> Earth to Professor Marty. <laughs> <laughs> when we become busy and we rush from thing to thing to thing, it's so easy to become reactive. And we aren't as mindful. We do things without really contemplating or thinking about them. But when we take time to stop and daydream and ponder, we become much more mindful. I think it's one of the reasons why there's so much research on mindfulness right now and people have to meditate because like back in the day when you were sitting on your tractor farming mm -hmm. or you when you were washing dishes or doing the laundry, you had tons of time to sit and think. They didn't need to meditate. They had thinking, quiet, mental time all the time. It's, it's this really good point. I think of my uncle Johnny who, you know, in his 90s still yeah. would climb up on the tractor with his, his oxygen and <laughs> would have plenty, plenty of time to daydream as he, he, he plowed the fields. My mother used to just be baffled that people needed to take time to quiet their mind and meditate, you know, but she had a lot of time to do that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. so, she, you know, it's just, it's interesting when we rush, 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 then we got to take time to quiet our mind. So daydreaming is a beautiful uh, way to do that. So when we're more mindful, we can think and daydream about our goals and what they feel like. We can envision being more comfortable in the bathing suit or what it will feel like when we pass the exam with flying colors. So daydreaming helps us cement our goals in place so it's easier to resist urges. Remember my take on motivation. We do what we do because it beats the alternative. If I don't have a strong vision in my mind of what it will feel like to lose the weight, it's going to be much more difficult to resist the cookies in the lounge. Okay? So number three, daydream. Number four, which is my favorite, and it's the silver bullet for so many things in life, gratitude. Researchers have correlated gratitude studies, being thankful, with the ability to wait longer periods for what we want. So if we can practice gratitude, we can rewire our, rewire our brains to be more grateful. And the best way I know to do this is to think of three things that you're grateful for every day. And it doesn't have to be the big momentous things. Today, I'm grateful for clean running water, I'm grateful for sunshine on a really cold day, and I'm grateful for my dog, right? Like those three things, the more I think gratitude like that, the more my mind starts to look for things to be grateful for. And, and what I wish wish we could do, we can't because it's a podcast, but I wish you could meet Dr. Rhoda in person because within 30 seconds, you would just see how clearly she displays gratitude. I mean, it, it, it really is part of her DNA, or maybe it can't be part of our DNA. Let, let, let's not get on that discussion. But but it, it is just That's truly, kind of truly, um, truly awesome uh, in conversations because you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. Wow, that's really true. Wow, you know, clean water. We we take that for granted, and yet, what a gift. Yeah, somebody right now is praying for that gift, right? And so then, so our four things. Find something else you like to do, set realistic expectations, daydream, and be grateful. These are all four ways that we can grow our ability to resist temptation and delay gratification. And they're good for other aspects of our life as well. So what about our kids? So this is good for us as adults. How about children? Again, model, model, model. In addition to working on these four things for yourself, you can work on these four things with your children, but they're also going to see you being able to delay gratification. And they're going to say, you know what? I remember my parents did that. My teacher did that. And I, that's... It's worth it. And as Dr. Rhoda often says, more is caught than taught. Modeling so incredibly important, especially considering the day and age we live in in this crazy, fast-paced life. 
Our goal on Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are our five takeaways on how we can get better at delaying gratification. Number one, find something else you like to do. In, in other words, uh, in the moment, take a step back and find something else to do so that you're not per pursuing uh, that short-term gratification. Number two, uh, let's be real. Realistic expectations are, are very, very important. Number three, uh, Dr. Rhoda gave me permission to daydream, just not during this episode. So <laughs> certainly take the time to daydream when appropriate. Put down that phone and, and just daydream. And number four, so, so very evident gratitude, the silver bullet. Just really take time to think about that and and do like Dr. Rhoda suggested, three things a day that you're thankful for and you will just see that continue to grow and grow and grow. And number five, uh, you've heard it before, but it's really, really important. Model, model, and model. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.